We have a call from three guys who just got done backpacking the Grand Canyon. And they live to tell the tale. And they're joining me today. Who do we have on the line here this morning? The same three guys that left the rim the other day? Uh, no, Tim went home on uh, Saturday when we uh, came out. That'll be Tim Wentworth. All right. So this, is, this sounds like Jimmy. Jimmy, uh, kind of recap. Uh, give it. Was it a perfect ten trip, or were there any snags along the way? Well, there's I, never any tens anymore. <laughs> yeah, there's no such thing as a ten anymore. You still have the aches and pains. Uh, I would I would rate, rate it probably a seven. The biggest disappointment was that the Little Colorado was flowing. And that usually you get chocolate milk pouring into the beautiful uh, blue waters of the Colorado River, making it extremely muddy, very difficult to draw fresh water out of. Now, the Little Colorado, as we talked about last week, is a tributary to the Colorado. And these guys went down the Tanner Trail and went upstream in the Colorado to the aforementioned Little Colorado. So you rated this one a 7. Can you flash back to 2002, the year that you guys took me down there? Rate that one on a 1 to 10. Uh, that that was probably a 1, Wayne, because we had to listen to you whining all the time about how you were going to make it back out. Boy, did I set myself up for that one or not? Well, it was actually 21 years ago today that was my favorite day of that whole thing, the packless hike at uh, Grapevine Canyon. We went try to find the river you found it but uh, uh some of us land lovers we never quite made it all the way down there because the trail was blocked off so we were right in the middle of it that time explained why you picked may to do most of your grand canyon hikes we did that may 6 to 10 back in 2002 and the weather is one of the reasons why what was your weather like on this trip okay well the first question was why we picked you it was kind of by default, actually. I, I I called Colin and asked him if he wanted to go because I knew that he had done some backpacking, and he sticked me on to you. He said, why don't you ask Wayne, see if he'll go. Well, as I remember it, I went and he didn't, so advantage Wayno on that one. And if I remember correctly, we talked for quite a while before you realized that I was uh, soliciting you to go. <laughs> no, I honestly thought it was Colin. I did not know you were talking about me. And then one day you kind of put it in my perspective, and I said, oh, my gosh, do I really want to do this? Well, it was tough, but I'm glad I did. All right, so why do you go in May? Well, one reason, uh, it's before schools are out, so the place out here isn't too populated, uh, even though there are a lot of people here still, but there would be immensely more people if schools were out. And also, this is the best time of year to be sure that you're going to be able to find water at the various springs and tributaries of the Colorado River. Well, what about the weather as well? Because you wait later on, and it gets up there over 100 degrees down at the river. When this time of the year, it's not too far from freezing at the rim, and by the time you get down to the river, how hot was it when you got down to the Colorado this year? Uh, probably about 80, maybe 85, and at night, it was freezing! <laughs> really? Define freezing. Was it really 32 degrees at the river? Usually it's warmer in the bottom of the canyon. Well, at night, it got down to about 45 one night. 
I guess that's freezing. Where you now, my, my sleeping bag when I was with you guys, you know, it would handle something like that. You your your sleeping bag was okay for that, right? Yeah, it was. But yeah, I I got a newer one in the interim. Uh, the one that I had was about a six footer, which is what I am, and I never could get my head all the way in, inside it. So I bought a new one that was a, a seven footer, so I could really get in like a, a cocoon. The problem was, I think they they made a mistake when they said what the rating is on it. They say it's supposed to be for, good for forty degrees, but uh, anything below sixty, forget it. <laughs> so it was good for keeping mosquitoes off, which we don't have in the Grand Canyon. That's about it. All right. Well, let's talk critters here, uh, Jimmy. Did you get heckle and jekyll on this trip? Oh no, not at all. We actually down in the canyon, we saw very few ravens buzzing around looking for uh, easy pickings. We had this pair of ravens that followed us around almost the entire time last time around. What other kinds of wildlife did you see on this trip? I think we were talking rattlesnakes last week. Uh, uh, yes, uh, we did. Uh, Charlie discovered one rattlesnake as we were heading up the Beamer Trail uh, to, to go to the Little Colorado. He was making a step, and he did a perfect 180 pirouette with a little bit of a shriek. And there sat a nice little... Uh, Grand Canyon rattling, looking up at us, kind of smiling, and uh, we gingerly walked around them and uh, went our merry way. We also saw, I believe, a good size, uh, I guess they call it a bull snake out here, probably about a four and a half, five footer. And then there was another one that was kind of related to the black snake. You know, they, they eat rodents and stuff. Those are the good guys. So, but that, that, that was it for snakes. As I understand it, this first day, when you went off the rim, down the Tanner Trail, toward the Colorado, not only is it longer than my first day back in 2002, but is it steeper? Is it an even tougher trail? Because that first day for me, that's so steep downhill, that was really tough. Compare that to what you guys did the first day last week. Well, the the Grandview Trail is actually built up pretty nice. Uh, you know, you got uh, works that make sort of level spots in there. Uh, the Tanner Trail, you're literally doing rock climbing in the reverse order going down. There's, there's, very, there's a few rock slides that kind of wiped out the trail, so you kind of had to find your way. It, it is very, very difficult. It's just as steep, only not as a well-defined trail. Actually, Wayne, we did this same trail, what was it, 10, 20 years ago, Jimmy? Yeah. We went with, uh, there was an eight-person group we went with 20 years ago, and I got to say that trail has gotten a lot steeper and a lot longer in the last 20 years. Well, yeah, I know you sure didn't get older. How did Tim make out? Did he handle that handle that first day okay? Yeah, yeah, he did all right. You know, a few little scrapes, uh, uh, you know, the, the slippage, the old fall-bearing ones. But other than that, uh, he did quite fine. Fall bearing was a line that we used back in 2002. Not only are these trails extremely steep, but many of them have little round golf ball-sized rocks. So you're trying to get a foothold on each down step that you take. And when you do that, these things act like balls, and your foot goes with them, and you have to maintain your balance without letting your foot slip out. Otherwise, you're in big trouble on this. Now, it was today's date in 2002 that again we had that great day packless hike down grapevine grapevine canyon which was just spectacular 
Was day three, was the third day of your hike last week maybe the best one? I know there was one day you're doing a packless hike. That's why I'm comparing these two. This year, we we set up a camp, and we only had to go oh a mile or so to the next spot. And because of the the thing with the water, with the muddy water, we spent most of the day just relaxing and taking it easy and filtering a lot of water, enough water for uh, basically a day and a half. And then about two o'clock on this third day, we started heading out, made it to the top of the red wall. You know what that is. And there we found a beautiful campsite, with, uh, which we bypassed six times. We saw it on the way down this time, and it said, why did we ever miss that? And it was just out of sight. We had a fine campsite that night. That was also the night that it was the coldest. But we survived. And it stayed dry the whole time? The whole time. The only time we saw any rain whatsoever was as we were uh, doing the switchbacks going up through the red wall, it, uh, one heavy cloud went over and it spit a few drops. You could actually see a few drops, you know, in the rocks in front of you and a little on your arm or whatever, but never the deluge that we had the last time we did this trail. That was the last day coming up to the rim? Uh, the, the, yeah, right, well, it was the next to the last day uh, coming out that, that, on this trip, yeah. All right, so what was that last day like? I mean, my thighs and my calves killed me going down. They didn't kill me going up, but going up was just tough because it's so steep and really so long, and the air gets thinner the higher you go. How tough was it getting out on that last day back up to the rim? Well, like I said, uh, the trail, this one is very difficult. There are switchbacks are not bad near the top, but from the basically the top of the, through the supai group, from the top of the red wall up, through the Coconino sandstone, you are in many cases literally rock climbing. You're you're going, you know, hand and foot, and you got your stick, of course. But sometimes that stick was even useless, and uh, we, we literally were rock climbing. I guess you brought Tim along, among other reasons, because he's a gourmet chef. What was the best meal that you had on your backpack of the Grand Canyon this year? I would say the best meal we had was our next to the last evening, and we had kielbasa, sauerkraut, and mashed potatoes. Wow, that's more than we ever got back back in 2002. That's that's pretty good. Good job by Tim on that one. All right, so what day did you actually get out and up to the rim? Saturday. Saturday the, uh, the 6th. We came out, oh, it was a little bit after 10 o'clock in the morning. And where are you right now? Right now, we just uh, crossed over on I-40 into Texas from New Mexico. And there's supposed to be a rest stop here, but they, they took it. They, they eliminated it, if you will. So we're kind of pulled over on the side of I-40 right now where where it looks like there's a, a ranch gate. And the trucks are just blowing by us right now. Have you guys shaved yet? Oh, Yeah. Oh, nice and smooth and cleanly shaven. Because you don't shave in the canyon. There's no need bringing extra stuff down there. Nobody's going to see you anyway. You can be Grizzly Adams when you come out. That's when you do it. Although I let it go a couple weeks, maybe a month after I came out before I finally decided it's time because it's getting too much out of control. So here we are a couple of days later, two days later from you getting out to the rim. And you alluded to this earlier. 
But two days later, what still hurts? <laughs> As a little bit of the calves. Only in the morning, after you walk around a bit, it's okay. But other than that, no problem. And along the same line, as I said, that first day that I did it, and I can compare that to the last week, the first day you did it, going down is so steep, your thighs and your calves kill you. What was that first night like for you at that first campground, which I believe was at the Colorado River? Uh, actually, no, the first night we were halfway down. But the thing is, it, rigor mortis doesn't set in until uh, the morning you get up. Uh, when you go to bed, you actually don't feel that bad. But when you get up in the morning, you say, uh-oh, those are the muscles I was using yesterday. Yeah, I remember that first time I tried to get vertical on the second morning when I woke up there. And, uh, well, it was the first morning that I woke up. And it took me like three times to get vertical. It was not easy, to speak to your point. Do you find that you have more aches and pains after coming out of the canyon now than you did 20 years ago? Because, well, you're older than you were 20 years ago. I don't think I don't think I feel the aches and pains as bad. It's just that the the, the climb is a lot longer and a lot steeper. <laughs> but uh, aches and pains wise, I feel fine. Uh, not much different than I did when we went. So you're crossing into Texas now. You're just driving back to Connecticut. Is that the plan? Well, we got uh, a little visiting to do on the way home. We have uh, cousins and. Uh, Copa, Texas, that's where we're headed today. That's between Paris and uh, Sulphur Springs, if you look on your Texas map. It's, it's, it's all east of Dallas. And then we have a, a friend we're going to visit in uh, Illinois that we met on one of our uh, trips to Europe. Now, I know when we did this back in 2002, we flew to Phoenix, we drove up Route uh, Interstate 17, we stopped at Sedona, did all that, which is spectacular, went to Flagstaff, got the vittles. After we came out of the hike, then we came to, we went to Sunset Crater, not Sunset Crater, but uh, yeah, what's is it Sunset Crater, right? That's it, yep. That's, that was tremendous, all, all the, the volcano and lava rock around there and all that. Did you do similar sightseeing this year? Uh. Not really, we because we've been there so many times. You know, uh, driving across the country now since we've been doing uh, 2014, we've seen pretty much everything between here and there. If you know what I mean. Oh, I know exactly what you mean. So, uh, how many more years do you think you guys can do this? You're going to do it like when you're 90? (laughs) We've covered every trail at least twice. One we have not done yet. Well, we've done it, but we've not done the uh, Trans Canyon from the north to the south. And we figure that one's on the agenda maybe next year. But that one we'll probably do in the fall rather than take the chance of having the north rim open. The north rim is not opening until June 2nd this year because they have so much snow on the north rim. It's higher elevation on the north side, but you have done south to north, but you haven't done north to south, right? Right. We've done uh, four times we've gone from south to north. And let me wrap this up by having you guys just explain what the feeling is when you complete backpacking the Grand Canyon, meaning those minutes, maybe 15 minutes, a half an hour or more, once you get to the rim and you have completed this journey, what are your emotions like at that point? Well, now... Uh, 
we are so happy to see a cold beer at the rim. That's that's uh, the big thing, <laughs> <laughs> and that we've actually survived another hike. Uh, you know, years ago you get that euphoria, but now it's, it's I guess it's not quite as nice. But to, to me, when I get to the rim, when you you know first sight, when we first arrive, all of a sudden everything comes back of why you want to go back to this place. Yeah, you kind of forget about the tough times. You remember the good times. The, the the feeling of euphoria and elation that I had, even though it had been really tough an hour before when I got to the rim, it's indescribable. It was just phenomenal. Well, you guys made it again. My congratulations. I salute what you've done. It's fun talking to you about this stuff, and uh, we'll see you when you get back to Connecticut. Okay, Wayne. Good talking to you, and we'll let you know when we get home. Good stuff. Charlie Bender, Jimmy Bender just got done doing the Grand Canyon for the 21st time.